You're listening to Growing in Motherhood, the podcast that inspires mamas to grow, where we talk about the real stuff, not just the good stuff, and share all things parenting and motherhood insight. We are first cousins with 10 kids between the four of us, ranging in age from six years to just six months old. Whether you are currently expecting, have kids of your own, or would like to in the future, this show is for you. Let's get started and grow with us. Hey mamas, and welcome back to the Growing in Motherhood podcast. It's Jaren, and I'm joined by my sister, Joya. Joya, say hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> What's up, guys? So this conversation today focuses on sex after babies. Okay, so let's just do a few disclaimers. Mama, this is not the episode that you're going to want to listen to with your kids around. <laughs> so yes, and to my mom, if you're listening, stop. <laughs> right. So if if you burst us and brought us into the world, you should not be listening. <laughs> exactly. Because we're going to keep off. it real. We're going to keep it real. Um, yep. But to mamas, definitely this is something that you want to listen to in your private time without kids around. We don't want them to be exposed to the content that we'll be talking about. And we're not going to be explicit or anything like that. But we will be keeping it real, talking about that sometimes infamous three-letter word, uh, sex. We decided to spare Leah and Aaron from this topic <laughs> <laughs> because like Joya and I, we have no shame. Nope. So... <laughs> So we decided to spare them the embarrassment of having to talk about sex after babies. Mamas go through lots of transitions, and this is one of those key transitions. And having a baby or having multiple babies, multiple kids definitely can impact our sex lives. So we're going to jump into this. Joya, I'm going to start this off maybe a little risque. That's all right. I have some questions for you, and I'll answer them too, right? So you have to choose uh, between the options that I give you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First question. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Clothing on or clothing off? Uh, clothing on. Who who knows how much time we got? I have a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> who can crack the baby gate, open the door, come Ooh, in the mercy. room and stare you in the face? <laughs> she takes herself to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So I don't have the, the option of clothes off unless the doors are locked. <laughs> real All talk. Right. You keeping it real. Um I, my reason's a little bit different and we'll get into it, but definitely close on some, in some kind of capacity. Like I need something to suck me in, tuck me oh, in. Oh man, the boo-boos. Keep, keep my, my breasts from flopping. I mean, <laughs> you know, your breasts will never, ever be the same. Never. <laughs> Pregnancy boobs and even like breastfeeding boobs. Ooh, I'm sexy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Post- I look back at pictures all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, whoa, I had them. They were there. At one point, like, it wasn't a myth. <laughs> <laughs> but post-breastfeeding boobs, post-breastfeeding breasts, like, oh, Ooh. my Lord, Pancake City. Saggy, wrinkly pancakes is all I can say. Yes. Yep. And um, it's so funny because I remember <laughs> one time my husband and I were being intimate. And after this, I learned my lesson. I will never not wear a bra again. Like, I had no bra on. And um, needless to say, like somebody got popped in the face with a breast like, oh, (laughs) after that, it's like, okay, you know what? No, I need to contain these things. So so definitely clothing on. Um, Okay, quick or slow. I think you've already kind of spoken to that. So quickie or do y'all take your time? Well, right 
right, you know, after healing postpartum, girl, time, take the time, take all the time, right? But these days, again, for the same reason as um, clothes on, like nap time gets cut short sometimes, you know, <laughs> unexpectedly. Um, we have to definitely be resourceful with our time. So, yeah. Yeah. Super quick. Yeah. Get it in, I get it out. I got, I got dishes, laundry. I got, you know, meals to make. <laughs> Mercy. I got to play my guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I hear that. You know, I um, I guess take my t- take our time, you know. I It takes so much, and we'll talk about this, as mothers of multiple, as mothers, period. And then especially the more kids you have, the more stressful it can be. Um, there are so many things to manage. Uh, I'm a working mom. I have my kids. Uh, you know, then the housework, which you mentioned already, like there are so many things, like it takes me a while Mm -hmm. to get my head in the game and to be prepared for sex. No, I hear you. So I don't do quickies. Like if you're trying to rush something, you're going to do, you're going to play yourself. Like (laughs) we need to make sure that we're, we're connecting, um and so I hear you okay so let's jump into this topic sex after babies postpartum sex okay mamas this is a topic that can take three to four episodes but we're just gonna do our best in the time that we have here so I wanted to ask you Joya how soon and understanding that it might have been different after each kid but how soon typically did you all get back into sex and being sexually intimate after having a baby Mm, okay so I had two episiotomies, one with each child. And um, the first episiotomy was going up and the second one was going back toward my anus, Mm. (laughs) which took way longer to heal and was um, far more painful. So it took at least like the normal recommendation is like what, four to six weeks um, after giving birth. No, it took me a a few months. to be comfortable having sex again. And yeah, again, I have a very... And when you say to be comfortable, what do you mean? Like just physically in your body, not not feeling pain or Well, what? okay, so yes. Um, the pain, definitely a factor. This might be TMI, but for those who like rear positions, mm-hmm. um, obviously um, there was a lot of friction on that area, um, mm-hmm. which was very uncomfortable. So we had to be resourceful, right? Um, when we did eventually get back to it it's position mattered energy levels mattered um sure being real how uh lubricated or not right yeah and yeah let's talk about that let's talk about that for a minute because um really quickly parents.com parents.com y'all they have a whole series on sex after babies postpartum sex they have an article for specifically for dads on this how to deal with truth about sex after birth um but on on that article it was titled eight surprising truths about sex after birth that's one of the things and it's like it didn't it didn't hit me until i read it like yeah that's true but they talk about how your vagina changes and so there's dryness, mm-hmm. there might even be um, a loosening, as they call it, more wiggle room down there, <laughs> right? So literally, I mean, maybe, you know, and you've spoken to that, but the dryness, the 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 space that's there, because they say that um, during pregnancy, hormones widen your pelvic rim, uh, pelvic rim, excuse me, there are actual legitimate changes, man. Yeah, um, if you're not lubricated enough, it can be even more painful, um, so that's definitely something to consider Mm -hmm. 
let's talk about that because um, actually the first point in that article, again, on parents.com talked about how we need to really be grounded in the fact that postpartum sex probably won't feel good. Right. And so that's something that you just spoke to. I don't know that I realize that. I, and that's something that, you know, we had an episode before on motherhood mis- misconceptions. Uh, you, Leah and Aaron talked about that. This is one of those things that I don't ever remember anyone sitting me down. And, you know, we talk with our mom about sex. We've talked with her about that for for, for many years now in um, pre-adult life and even into adult life. And no one ever said, hey, just be prepared because after you give birth, after you wait the prescribed amount of time, like it could still feel Mm -hmm. painful. Absolutely. Um, And actually, there was there's this other podcast um, called foreplay where it's just for, um, married couples. And, um, they mentioned that there is a medication that you can take. There are different medications you can take for painful intercourse postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ladies talk to your gynecologist about this midwife, whatever, but there are things out there to assist with this. And even with the lubrication as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's something, interestingly, I've never been one who's big on, like, lubricants. And I don't know why. I just, you know, I think my husband and I have tried it once, and it's like, ah, I don't know. It's Like, it's unnecessary. For me, I'm very much a naturalist. Like, if we're going to do this, let's do it with what God gave us. I don't need no toys. I don't need no lubricant. You're a purist. (laughs) Like, let's just go. For sure. But I will tell you that in my postpartum phase again after the prescribed six weeks and mind you some mamas get back into sex much quicker and some as you mentioned Joya take months right one Mm -hmm. thing that I found Mm -hmm. to help with the pain and again pain related to dryness and whatnot is is condoms right and so that's something that you know, if I'm having pain, it's like, okay, let's use that. Sometimes, it, of course, with condoms, they have their own lubricant on there. So I guess I just lied, right? Because I guess condoms have that. But um, well, a slight lubricant. Yeah. And, and then you yeah. have to consider the other women who are like, like, I am allergic to latex down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So sure. Yeah. I think maybe the first few points that we've talked about so far are number one, the need to, to kind of be creative the need to pay attention pay attention to what your body is telling you and if you're having pain as you're trying to re-engage in sex after having a baby definitely as Joya mentioned talk to your gynecologist you know Joya I'm curious like in terms of your interest and like your libido right your sex drive did tell me about that right so how did that um shift or change for you and then now your kids are older so low mm. Logue is he's one plus uh miss ave she is gonna be four. Oh my goodness right so let's yeah. talk about this because um definitely again there's a journey here where your sex drive and interest in sex shifts and changes tell me about what you noticed for okay. you okay so for me everything goes back to sleep deprivation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm not sleeping well, I'm not, nothing's going right in my life. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. or at least it feels that way, right? So libido, it definitely was not there, especially with the, you know, waking up every two to three hours in the middle of the night um, and sometimes not being able to go back to sleep, just more like just staying up because, you know, Logan was very, very, um, very fussy and specific, very yeah. determined little guy. 
Um, he wanted me to hold him, period, point blank. Yeah, so going through that during the night, like that doesn't really leave much time for intimacy. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, the two hour break I get in between breastfeeding, like I don't, I'm not thinking about that. I'm focused on just like staying afloat. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely sex drive at that point was shot into the ground. That didn't mean I desired my spouse less. It just meant like right. intercourse. <laughs> like I still wanted the the physical um, contact and um, connection more than ever, right? Because I needed support. Yeah. I need somebody rubbing my shoulders and telling me get back in the ring. Yeah. Like yeah. um. Again, I had to find ways to be creative um, where his needs were met and mine were as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about is like, how do you navigate differences in sex drive, right? And so, for example, going back to that parents.com article, they mentioned what you just said, which is lack of sleep is a huge factor. But then they also mentioned that... Um, our bodies, when we're breastfeeding, we, re- we release oxytocin and that triggers uh, good feelings towards our baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if I realize this, but it also suppresses your libido. And they were saying like, that's mother nature's, uh, that's God's yes. way of, of keeping your sex drive low so you don't get pregnant again too again. soon. Yes, <laughs> Pump the brakes, pump them. Right, pump the brakes, <laughs> right? Let's Let's think about this, right? That's what's happening in our bodies. But again, we, we're going to keep it real. Like Leah says all the time, we talk about the real stuff, not just the good stuff. While our brakes are being pumped, they've been waiting and they're ready to engage back in a thriving sex life. And there's a there's a um, absolutely a disconnect or incongruence there. So like that's my question. Yep. And you kind of started down this line of how do we as mamas um, whether we just had our baby and we're hit our six week mark and we're ready to, you know, or at least we think we're ready for sex again, whether, you know, we're, we're several years post baby and we're still in that place where our sex drives are kind of recovering. How do we navigate those differences? And man, like this is hard because yeah. I tell you what, men are completely different animals. Don't you want polar opposite. Let, you want to see a grouchy, grumpy man. Don't give him none for weeks on end. Girl, the trash won't get taken out. <laughs> Everything will be a fight. Like <laughs> cold, cold shoulder. shoulder, right? Cold um, shoulder. And, and so obviously, <laughs> and, and I was reading an article that talked about how for men, sex meets so many of their intimacy needs. So this is a big deal. So, okay. One of the things that yes. you just recommended is being creative in terms of thinking of different ways to meet sexual or intimate needs, right? There's a book. Did I give that book to, actually, no, I gave this book to Leah. Yeah for her baby shower. But um, the Gottmans wrote a book and baby makes three. What I found so helpful is just talking like you need good communication around sex, sex needs, desired frequency Mm -hmm. for sex. You know, mind you, you have two people, you're you're both trying to figure this all out post baby, it's going to be very new if it's your first baby. And you might have some old sort of baggage creeping up every time you have other babies, right? So it's good. It's good to put in the work and just communicate around what the needs actually are, what your frustrations actually are, and what you actually need. Yep. What else? Any other comments about that? Well, I was going to say it's also important for 
both parties, you know, husband and wife, to have realistic expectations as well. I feel like just as much as these things are misconceptions Mm -hmm. for women, they are even more, like, just asinine to men like they just don't make sense and um because they don't experience these things right um so no one's telling them like oh you know your wife just ripped her vagina open having a baby for you stop trying to stick her right like calm down like think of how she you know what i mean so it's and then you know women at least let me speak for myself I may not, like I said before, I may not want intercourse, but I definitely still want, you know, that emotional connection through um, verbal communication, through physical touch as well. Um, Non-sexual physical touch um, is a big thing for me. So the love language, that book, the five love languages, Mm -hmm. y'all, it's real. It's so real. Yeah. That the article I referenced on parents.com for men, it's called A Dad's Guide to Sex After Baby. And that's one of the things that they have on there is telling the husbands, like, manage your frustration Kudos. and practice patience. And certainly don't wow. guilt trip, right? And on there, one of the authors was saying, women need to feel supported and sexy. If a man is showing disregard for that, it can be rough oh, yeah. for everyone involved. It's about letting your wife know, letting us know you're still desirable. You're still sexy, even if we're not sexually intimate in the ways that I need us to be. I, you know, and, and having that assurance there, I think that's important, but we can also, like I was mentioning in communication, we can also tell our husbands like, Hey, this is, this is not forever. We, I think sometimes it's helpful to remind them of that. Like we're in a transition. This won't be forever. Be patient with me. I still desire you. You're still sexy. You're still all this. Just, they need to hear that stuff too. Right. True girl preach. Yes, that is true. Tell me this, like, what is, um, and I want to make sure we leave time for the body image piece. So we're going to get into that. But what you mentioned quickies and all of that, do you all have like, or have you noticed different ways that you guys might um, kind of prep each other for sex throughout the day? That's something that's important for all couples, not just couples who've had a baby. Um, But it's important that our interests are peaked throughout the day. So it's not like, in the middle of the night, you just roll over and like fall on me, right? <laughs> like there has well, to be. You, we, we'd hope not. <laughs> right. There has well, sometimes to be. Sometimes it'd be like that though. <laughs> Girl, that's when you fake sleep. Come on. Um, there, <laughs> there have to be, there have to be um, things done both ways throughout the day to peak interest, right? How do you mm-hmm. notice your husband doing that for you in ways that are actually helpful? And then how do you do that for him, too? Because the work is not just all on them. You know, we're all in this together. So in terms of peaking interest, uh, how do you all do that? Right. Oh, Con- considering okay. that you're probably worn out from the kids, homeschool, cleaning, tantrums. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Um. So one of the cues that I've realized he would just get to cleaning. Okay. <laughs> he would get to cleaning. Trash will be taken out, you know. He'll put the kids down, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whatever he can do um, to be helpful to kind of take the stress off me. That's definitely a cue. And then um, for me, I just try to – it's easy to get caught up um, with the day-to-day tasks of, you know, the children or whatever, the home – and kind of just keep your head down and push through. I've been trying to make it a point to have eye contact 
during yeah. the day through you know even if i just, just i'm walking by i'm looking at you i see you and covid has made this very difficult because before covid it was like oh let me send a flirty little text okay. right or yeah. whatever yeah. but it's like dude he's upstairs in his office <laughs> <laughs> you literally saw him 10 seconds ago. You yeah. just took him lunch. Like, you know, it's it's much harder because he's not gone. He's he's here. And even like he used to go on China trips. So I wouldn't see him for a couple weeks at a time. Um, so when he got yeah. back, it was like, oh, man, I miss you so much. Um, so again, with COVID, it's like I literally see you every day, all day. And not that that makes yeah. it any less special, but um, it, as humans, we tend to take it, things for granted. And um, I have seen the tendency and ability for me to take advantage of um, seeing him frequently. On our side of things, I agree. I think my husband does the very same thing. And it's like, um, now, mind you, he's hardworking anyway, and we both work. So he does laundry. He cleans the kitchen. He does dishes. Like, we all pitch in. But I think what I've noticed is the bedtime routine. So we have four small kids. I, I can almost tell like when he when he chips in to help me get them all prepped for bed and down into bed. That's something that's a cue mm-hmm. for me. Um, anytime I see him buy some salmon or something like that, it's like, oh, I see Ooh, you. Okay. Try to get, get you those <laughs> omega-3 fatty acids. Okay. You know? So it's so it's like anytime I see him putting in extra effort, it's like, okay, you ready, you know. And I think one way that I show interest is I try to remind him like, okay, I see you. You look good. You're handsome. Hugs, kisses. And then, you know, one of the articles talks about um, on parents.com talks about how it's, it's, it's a team effort, right? So women, it goes a long way when we can initiate sex. And this is for couples with kids and couples without, right? Just initiating that sexual contact makes a huge difference and lets them know that they're desired. And so that's something that I've tried to do more is initiate sex more. And it's interesting because... When I think back to like after having our first child, I was in the I was I had just finished my fellowship and was um, in a new job and, and was just like exhausted. I don't I can tell you, like, I honestly don't think I ever initiated sex. I was in that phase of like, uh, don't touch me. I don't want sex. I'm exhausted and just kind of like grumpy and tired. And, you know, praise God, you know, I, I think God does want us to have healthy sexual lives uh, within the context of marriage. And so praise God, like four kids later, um, life has sort of settled a bit career wise. I, I can find the energy to want to be interested in sex. And so I try to express that interest. My son is what one and four months now. And I'm a brand new woman, y'all. I am. Like, I have time to keep thoughts for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) To not think like, oh, rush, 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 you know, do this, do that. But to have pleasant thoughts, to even sometimes let my mind wander. And in those moments, it's easier to think about love, intimacy, you know, things like that. When it's not like, you know, you're in the trenches all day long. And, you know, um... Both of those articles actually talk about the fact that you will want sex again after after having a baby and sex can, in fact, actually be better than you think it will be in in the article about eight surprising truths after 
about sex after babies, they talk about how many women actually report more comfort with their bodies and more intense orgasms after having kids. I was like, what? That's interesting to well, me. bring it on then. <laughs> <laughs> right, because hey. they, they talk about how um, in this article, they said that giving birth awakens us to a range of sensations and it kinds of uh, helps us get acquainted with our bodies and, and be open to tuning into new sensations. I agree with what they've said. It's like after you go through that experience and, it, and, and childbirth is quite painful. It, I think it's not the pain that induces pleasure, but it's your ability, sometimes forced ability to really tune into the sensations that you're having down there, right? And so think back to childbirth. It's like, oh my goodness, I've had two quote unquote natural births without any kind of medications, no epidural, nothing. Um, my last birth was like the best birthing experience I had. And um, I mean, no meds, no nothing. Joya, you were there. I went into straight beast mode to get this child out of my body. Yeah, he shot um, out. He shot out. <laughs> he was just like, I'm coming. Two seconds flat. Uh, <laughs> but but talk about pain that forces you to really tune into your body and bodily sensations. And I think once we have that ability developed, then the same applies for when pleasure comes our way. It's like, oh, I can notice that. I can sense that. So, oh my goodness, we're trying to stick to a half an hour. I don't know where this time went, but I, I do want to end on a few things. <laughs> so um, one of the articles talked about happy return to sex, right? So one of the uh, persons that were interviewed for the Eight Surprising Truths article mentioned that the more comfortable each person feels, the more comfortable you both will be. And that that's a good recipe for romance under any circumstance. And I think part of what can, and I don't know, Joya, you can say for you, but I know for me, man, my body image, and I've struggled with body image issues throughout my life. But especially now it's like my breasts are saggy. My stomach, I mean, is just my my, my girls actually like to poke my belly because it's just squishy. And I actually have um, I have diastasis recti. Yes, that's what it is. And so literally, you can take your fingers and just push it through. I have no abdominal muscles down the center of my belly um, that's widened. And so you can literally press down into almost, you know, for me, it's like, oh, my goodness, I can feel you touching my organs right now. That sounds kind of crazy. Right. But let's think about that. What that means is that my stomach has very little reinforcement. And so it kind of hangs. And I always look like I'm three months pregnant and it's flabby and it's. So I really struggle with that. I think even now when I'm intimate with my husband, I don't like my body. I hear you. Now, mind you, I can use some of my good like psychology skills and I recognize that I am beautiful regardless of my body. Absolutely. I am more than my body. Yep. My husband loves me for more than my body. And he'll say that, right? So he doesn't mind. So after after sex, it's like I'm trying to like pull my little shirt down over my belly and co- cover up and... And he's like, no, you're good. I love you. You know, I think you're beautiful. And I think that's reassuring. But I struggle with that. And I'm just wondering, you know, I'm sure other moms have to. Right. So if we're struggling with that, what do we do about that? What, what would you say towards that? Ooh, um, Again, I, I struggled slash struggle with it as well. What have I tried to do to combat those feelings? I cut my hair, colored it, Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, I kind of like did some, you know, exterior work on what I, I did, what I could, you know, with what I had um, and just tried to um, kind of reinvent myself, my look, get clothes that are flattering because um, it's easy to in postpartum, you just like wear whatever you were wearing while you're pregnant. <laughs> um, but having um, like for me, pants that 
go up higher, like more high-waisted and don't cut you in your midsection. Even a little bit of control, like Fabletics, um, their leggings with the control, oh, y'all, it's amazing. Because it just makes you feel like you're being supported, like, yeah. you're, like your tummy isn't hanging over. Like being real, you know what I mean? Um, and then ultimately do things health-wise that are in your best interest, like starting to work out and eating vegetables again if you went on a sugar binge like I did. Girl, like I'm, I'm still on. <laughs> I, I went to the dark end. <laughs> I was like, cookies, cookies, cookies. I was like making homemade yeah. cookies. Doing stuff like that where it's like, okay, even if I don't see the results that I desire right in this moment, I know I'm doing what I need to do so that one day soon I can get those results. Yeah. You know what I've what I've done aside from sort of like the mental work that I referenced earlier that inner work to help be okay with my body. What I've done is I mean, I mean y'all, come on now. After you have babies, like you have to even shop for lingerie differently. Like I'm looking for like baby doll gowns, right? So it's not tight, it's not hugging me, you can't see like it's just a nice flowy kind of sheer, nice feeling material thing. I'm looking for like corsets now that can kind of tuck me in and prop me up and you know. <laughs> and so I just wanted to mention that like we we as mamas we have to kind of do things differently, of course. And I think shopping for lingerie is one of those things. Like old lingerie that I had from before kids. Throw in like, the trash. I can't. <laughs> I have been holding on to some pieces of my lingerie collection from pre-babies. And literally just this past year, I threw it out like the devil is a liar. I will never. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. I, I had to grieve that loss. Like I will never fit these things again. Let me just toss it out, you know. <laughs> Well, you have to think about breast, you know, post breastfeeding breasts. Yeah. Um, like sometimes they're just not even the same size no. as the other no. one. Yeah. Like, so how do you shop for a bra appropriately? Victoria's Secret can't help you, girl. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So even that in itself is like, okay, I look lopsided. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do I remedy this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So talk about breasts being different like I had so for a male I think it was a male where I had the abscess in my breast yes it was it for a male yep. yes so I had mastitis really badly and like in denial at home trying to treat it and didn't know the whole time like a nasty infection and an abscess was brewing and I had to be hospitalized and had to have the abscess drained and and so that breast like all of these years later talk about being kind of like sunken in or saggy like that that's something that I've had to realize and and so what you might need to do is if you're trying to have a fuller look maybe get some extra padding in the breast that's smaller or in the breast that might have had some trauma so to speak right some extra True. padding just to kind of help it be equal hmm. I don't know where this time went our, t our half an hour is gone um <laughs> I've enjoyed this conversation I I'm gonna I'm gonna end with six tips or tricks for having more sex after babies. And this is another article on parents.com. Y'all, they are not sponsoring this podcast episode. I just, <laughs> I love their resources. They're great. Yeah, their content. <laughs> so I'm going to share their six tricks. And then Joya, I want you to give me one trick that you have to send off our mamas with today. So the six tips and tricks are setting a reminder. And that's real, y'all, because with housework and jobs and everything and personal interests and hobbies, you, it's easy. Like, I remember the other week I asked my husband, like, how long has it been since we've had sex? Like, oh, OK, that's not good. Girl, yeah. <laughs> so setting a reminder, working on it together is the, one of the recommendations. And so, OK, I know that if if 
For example, if you're tired, I can chip in here to maybe help you conserve energy so that we can have sex. I can help wake up in the middle of the night and do that feeding for you. I can help change that pamper, right? So again, that whole teamwork mentality. They talk about building desire. You may not think you have time for foreplay, but come on, mamas, like find a way to work it in, right? So that you can help build up that desire. Um, They mentioned trying to go to a hotel for sex. Hmm. And that's something that I've not, we've not intentionally done. Like, let me drop off my kids at my mom's and go to a hotel so we can have sex. But we do plan, like we've gone out for our anniversary, of course, and things like that. So sometimes shifting the environment makes a difference. And it does help. Like my upstairs on any given day smells like poop and pee diapers (laughs) and like pee clothes. Right. And it's like, so it's not a, it's not a good environment. It's the smells gross and the clothes everywhere and clutter. And then keeping it fresh. And I think one of the recommendations here is be open to hearing what your partner is open to trying and what they might like and finding out ways to do that so that you can make your sex life even better. Um, So to end us out today, Joya, do you have like a last tip or trick for sex? Sure. Well, definitely, y'all, the dirty diapers don't smell good. So light that candle, something, you know, a scent that really is pleasant to you. Um, And then also... Dance, dance with your hubby, man. Dance, dance, dance. Um, Like something sexy, like the salsa, you know, or tango, where you cannot avoid being close. (laughs) And where you have to look into each other's eyes and just kind of reconnect emotionally. So that's my tip. All right, mamas. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sex After Babies. We hope it's been helpful. If nothing else, we hope you've gotten a good laugh. that's right. (laughs) We hope that you don't feel alone. We really do. I just want to end this by saying, if you're having issues, definitely feel free to reach out to your gynecologist. There are also sex therapists and sexologists. If you found that you're several years after having your babies and you're still struggling, um, uh, and they're, again, psychologists and psychotherapists, who can even be helpful. So if you're needing um, help, don't feel afraid to reach out for it. And also don't forget to go to parents.com and uh, read those articles that I mentioned today. I found them really helpful. And I'm four babies in and one plus years post my last baby, post my last birth. So um, it's never too late to get this kind of good information. Thanks for listening, mamas. Take care.